I want to talk to you again about prayer because the most important thing we can do as a church, he said, is to pray without ceasing. Look at somebody next to you and say, pray without ceasing. I wouldn't be a good pastor. I would not do you any good. I would not help you in any way if I did not approach things that make you better, that, that actually work. You know, and I, and I realize that if we, that we're going to have Hallelujah Night and hundreds of you will be involved in Hallelujah Night. You'll come in and bring candy. Obviously, you got to know. I'd like to encourage every family in this church. Go to Sam's. Go to a place. Get a big bag of candy. And bring that over to the church so we can separate it and put it in buckets. And have enough candy for Hallelujah. If everybody in here bought a bag of candy, we would not have any trouble. There ought to be 15 or 16 huge tubs of candy. And I know you'll do that. I know it's in your heart. You want to make sure that we bless Florence. We bless our community. And you'll jump in and do that. If I asked you guys to go make... Uh, you know, a hundred cups of coffee, it would be in your natural order to take your natural body and go do natural things. And so you would want to do that. You'd want to go and apply yourself to a hundred cups of coffee. And there's things that we could ask you to do. And certainly there's nothing wrong with doing natural things. Look at somebody said, nothing wrong with natural stuff. But let's not forget the spiritual stuff. Come on, look at somebody and say it to them. Don't forget the spiritual stuff. Don't forget the spiritual stuff. Prayer is a part of the church. We must become prayers. As a whole, the entire church, every one of us must increase in our prayer life. When I get done with these sermons, and this is only the second week in October, and so I know I've got two more to tackle this subject, but when we get done with this subject and we get done talking about prayer, I want to believe that your personal prayer life will increase. That you will have an increase. That if I ask you, do you see this month, at the end of the month, that you had an increase in your personal prayer life? That you spent more time at night before you went to bed? That you spent more time in the morning? And that you got up and prayed? That during the afternoon when you were in your car or at your job, that you felt a, 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 a desire and a, a, a want to to pray? That it's in you. Because if I'm preaching and faith actually works, amen? Now the last time I saw you, you were in a walker. You still got the walker? Okay, all right. Well, you doing good? Uh, You look good. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought I'd say hello again. Good to see you, man. You look great. Sharp. Amen. Y'all, you look. Y'all went dead on me. I just decided to talk to him. Everybody got quiet. Everybody got silent. What? We going home? Everybody quit? No. You got to pray. You got to pray more. You know, I mean, when you talk about a subject like this, and I know when I do, and I know this is the way it is, I'm not trying to be negative, but I know that when you, it's kind of like, you know, asking everybody in here to eat broccoli. How many of you just love broccoli? Raise your hand. How many of you hate broccoli? Raise your hand. Right. If I ask you to eat broccoli, what would you say to me? No way. And I feel that sometimes when it comes to prayer, when I start this conversation, you know, but the Lord always shows up when I preach. So as I get into the subject matter, we know that we're going to get something from this. And part of it is you're going to pray more. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to pray more because he's preaching on prayer. And I'm going to get faith to pray more. He says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. There's nothing wrong. Listen, I, what bothers, it really bothers me. Every great revival, every move of the Spirit, everything that's ever come to the earth in spiritual matters, 
If we look at the great, great revivals in time, if we look at the healing revival, if we look at the Pentecostal booth, if we look at the, 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 all through, you just find a revival and before the revival came, there were seasons of prayer. There were seasons. The people became prayers. There were groups of people that found a place you'll find and they'll talk about how they've gathered in rooms and how they got alone with God, how they spent time in great levels of prayer because prayer processes the plans of God. The, pro- the, 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 the plan of God for this earth and what he wants to do in a revival way to bring back people that have died in the ministry, talking about churches and all the whole, the only way that there's going to be a revival is if we speak it in through prayer. Somebody say amen. You've got to pray it in before you see it. It's got to be prayed in. It seems that God will only do something for man if he asks him. You have not because you ask not. There are things that God wants us to have in our lives that we will never enjoy if we never become prayers. You know, an important thing I said last week was about prayer. You know, really, when you pray in faith, if you're really going to pray in faith and pray faith prayers, it's really a one-time prayer. You pray and pray in faith. He said that when you pray, believe you'll receive it and you will have it. Believe you'll receive it and you will have it. So we really only have to pray one time in faith. If you're praying for something multiple times, then really you're not in prayer in the sense of asking or supplicating, which I'll talk about that. But we don't stop praying. Prayer doesn't end with the request. It doesn't stop with the request itself. When I ask God to do something and he hears me, he said he's faithful, he'll do it. He'll provide those things to me. He's faithful to do that. He doesn't lie. And so we, but we continue through praise and worship, through thanksgiving, through all of those things to continue to build that prayer into our lives. When I pray and believe God for an answer, I go to God with great thanksgiving and great appreciation and I give him great thanks and great, great praise and worship. So I want to tell you something you when you pray the next thing that follows is a prayer of praise and worship you have to continue to praise and worship God you have to continue to magnify God continue to build up your prayer through additional prayer no I'm not asking anymore no I'm not requesting anymore I've already done that and I'm not suggesting if you did that you're that you're way off but I'm just saying when you pray in faith the answer is in God he's already said yes His promises are yes and amen. So when we pray, we're believing for results. And then we begin to praise and and worship. That's why praise and worship at churches should be crucial. We spent the week praying all week long. Saturday we had a prayer meeting. Monday through Friday we had a prayer meeting. Wednesday after uh, in the morning I had a prayer meeting. Sunday night we had a prayer meeting. This morning we prayed a little. We're worshiping. And so the whole purpose of praise and worship is to build on what we've already done. To process what we've already prayed. That's why when you come in, you ought to be really praising and worshiping. You ought to really be thanking God, not only for what he has done, what he is doing, what he's going to do, but to be thanking him for what you believe for, what you prayed for. You ought to come into his house with thanksgiving in your heart, enter his courts with praise. You ought to come in here loaded with praise and worship because you've been praying, you've asked God for some things, and now you're worshiping, now you're praising, now you're glorifying, now you're edifying, now you're continuing. Continuing to strengthen it and pour into it through praise and worship. Has anybody in here got anything to thank God for? Just take a minute right there where you're at. If you prayed this week. Come on, if you prayed this week and you asked God for anything. A few of you are actually praising God. 
either that means you hadn't prayed, those of you that are not praising God. Listen, I mean, really, if you, let me ask you another question. Let's just be real honest about it. Just raise your, how many of you have asked God for anything? I mean, you've requested from God something this week. If you don't have something to ask God for, then you're not really praying. Now, I'm not talking about Holy Spirit prayer. But if I came to you and I asked you, I said, what are you praying for? You said, I don't know, I'm just worshiping God. Well, then you're not really praying. Prayer has to have something that it's asking for. There's a purpose for prayer. And so you should be asking for things. Now, if you've asked God for anything about your body, about your health, about your money, about your, your house, your car, your kids, your marriage, your relationships in the future. Maybe you're not married. You want to be married. Maybe you are married. You want it better. Maybe, maybe you're, you know, I mean, I, I, there's a million different types of prayer. Family members that have issues. Blah, blah, blah. If you're expecting God to answer that prayer, then you've got to praise God for it. One more time, I want you, you all raised your hand. Everybody said, yep, I asked for something. I want you to praise him like you get it today. It's coming today. He's giving it to you today. When you, just like that lady, you're going to walk out the door, open up your, and there's $47,000. Just like you got it today. Like you really believed it. I pray you heard me and I believe it. I believe it. I believe for that house. I believe for that car. I believe for transportation. I believe for help. I believe in hope. I've got it. Amen. Give him praise. Amen. That situation is going to turn around. Those people are going to move. That challenge at work is going to be broken. That neighbor of mine is giving me crazy fits. They're going to be quiet. Thank you, God. You're expecting it. Amen. And he says here we're to pray always. Last week on Sunday night, I talked about with all kinds of prayer, with the various different kinds of prayer. He said with all kinds of prayer. We're to pray with all kinds of prayer. We're to pray in different measures, in different ways. I mentioned them. The prayer of faith. The prayer of agreement. The prayer of supplication. The prayer of praise and worship. The prayer of commitment. The prayer of consecration to service. The prayer of intercession. And I could go on. There's many types of prayer. And he's telling us in this scripture that we are to pray always with all kinds of prayer. All kinds. And you're, you know, when I'm walking in the mall, people think I'm really, really smart, that I'm bilingual. I don't speak nothing but English and tongues. I guess I am bilingual. They don't know the difference. I'll just walk beside my kids or ride in the car. People think I'm just, I'm not worried about them. I'm only worried about him. Amen. I mean, if you're smart, you can do this thing. But you're to pray out, worship. You know, just ride along. Just find ways to do these things. But what is supplication? What does the Bible mean when it says supplication? What is he talking about when he's describing to us and he says to us, and supplication? What is supplication? I want to go over this with you. Again, the word supplication means humble, earnest entreaty, and or request. Humble, earnest entreaty, 
and or request. If a request is not made in a heartfelt way, fervent way, and earnest manner, it is not supplication. So when we pray, you and I need to find times to supplicate, to come before God and ask Him for things that we need. Now this might sound funny to you, but I remember early in the days when we first started the church, nobody told me there were things you could do and things you couldn't do. I had no idea. And so we just went out looking for buildings. And of course, the the first one that came available, the Lord revealed it to me on a night. I'll just give you some explanations of how we got the first building. I was struggling, looking for buildings, could not find a building. And, you know, just as a young man trying to get in and out of facilities and get with real estate agents and try and find someplace. I remember I got in the car and I drove around. I went over on another side of town. And when I got over there, I found a building and I walked in the building and looked all around the building. And, uh, you know, it was empty and we didn't have anything. So Amy and I wanted this something, Lord, give us a building so we can get started. As I'm walking out of this building, the Holy Spirit speaks to my spirit. I heard him in my heart and said, no, I've got something over here. In other words, he was telling me, I don't want you over here. I don't want to put you over here. Don't, don't rent this building. Well, I got out of that and went away, but I still have no building. It's cold. We've come up on the winter time. You know, Christmas is upon us. We've got to get something. What are we going to do? I know the Lord wants me to start a church. And so on the night, one night I'm, I'm at home. I call a minister friend and we're on the phone. And as I'm talking to him on the phone, he starts talking out of his spirit. It's not out of his head. I knew it was something different. You know, if you if you listen long enough and you talk to spiritual people, as you talk to spiritual people, they can be talking out of their head and be like nonsense. Do you know what I'm talking about? But all of a sudden, it wasn't nonsense anymore. It happened to me one time in my car. I was riding around in my car. My dad and I were talking and I was having some struggles and stuff. And all of a sudden in the middle of my car, my dad just talked, 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 And I'm just listening. It's just dad talking. And all of a sudden he says, you know what's wrong with you? This is by the Holy Ghost. Now this might sound simple to anybody else, but I don't know how it just, all of a sudden it wasn't just normal. It wasn't him talking. It wasn't like it came from him. I know it came out of his mouth. But he said, you got the wrong friends. Now, I, I'd heard people say that before. All of us as young people had our mom and dad or some friend around and say, you got the wrong friends. You know, a lot of times when you get in trouble, it's because you're hanging with the wrong folk. That's right. That's right. Nobody's shouting there, but it's the truth. You might ought to check up on your friends. You might ought to check up on your friends. I mean, if you're wondering why you're falling into stuff and doing stuff you shouldn't do, because maybe, maybe... Just maybe, but I'm sitting there. He says, you got the wrong friends. You got to change your friends. Then he said a few more things about the ministry. He said, you don't know what you want to be. He said, do you want to be a song leader? Do you want to be a pastor? That's what he said to me. And I'm sitting there. It's like the Holy Ghost said, do you hear me? Have you ever had God do that to you? It's just not words anymore. Do you hear me? And I got out of that car a different man. Something had been said. It had been said to me. And the same thing happened in this other situation. I called this guy up on the phone. And I'm talking to him about my situation. I can't find a building. The Lord knows I need a building. And he starts talking. I can't tell you everything he said. But when he got done talking about a revealed building by the Spirit of God that came out of his mouth, the Holy Ghost had spoke. I had tears in my eyes. I got off the phone. I'm weeping in my room. Because I've had conversation with God. Our relationship in prayer should be more than just a converse conversation. But it should be intimate conversation. Conversation with life-changing experience. 
Prayer can change your life. Prayer will change your life. Prayer will elevate you into new thinking, new thoughts. And don't stop praising. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop thanking Him. As a matter of fact, for those of you that have experienced healings and divine manifestation, the devil will come back to your house again. He will try to put sickness on you again. He'll try to make the symptoms show up again. He'll try to tell you you didn't get anything. He'll try to speak into you. He'll try to make sure that something goes wrong because he wants you to doubt what you got. He wants you to come in because the devil comes to try your faith. He comes to see, do you believe what you receive? Do you believe the word of God? Or was it just spoken in one ear and went out the other? Come on. You, you that are healed, you ought to get up every morning and thank him that you're healed. You ought to get up every day and say, the Lord said that he's the word and the word has healed me. The Lord said I've been delivered. The Lord said I've been healed. The Lord said he's taken it away. The Lord. And when the sickness comes and when anything, any symptom comes, speak to that symptom and say, you don't have a right to stay because the sickness that you came with doesn't belong in me and nor do you. I command this sickness to go and every pain with it. I command every symptom to leave my body. Come on, somebody. When I get pain, I immediately talk to the pain. Then I talk to the sickness. Pain, you got to go. Sickness, you got to go. I say peace and be still. Somebody ought to say amen. Talk to it. Tell it it's got to go. Tell it you can't stay. He said, I'm strong in the power of his might. I'm not weak. I am strong. I'm not weak. I am strong. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm preaching real good right now because God wants to take care of you. God wants to set you free. And when you pray and when you say, you'll say it until you see it. Glory to God. I can't help it. I know it's in my kids. I know it's in me. But when I get to talking about the word of God and I start talking about the goodness of God, when I think about it, when it says, when the spirit of the Lord came on me, it made me dance like David danced. That's how I feel. I can't help it. The word of God makes me shout. It makes me scream. It makes me holler. I've got something that the world did not give me and the world can't take it away. I have been transformed. I have been renewed. I have been set free. You can't take it away from me. You can't make me stumble. Ah, hallelujah. Thank God I get to pray. Thank God I have intimate communication with God. Thank God I have intimate places with my father. Shout out, I get to pray. I'm on everybody shouting, I get to pray. When I got off the phone with that guy, I knew a secret had come. I couldn't see it. I couldn't taste it. I couldn't smell it. I didn't know where it was at. But I knew. I mean, I just knew that God had a secret he was revealing to me. It's not in my eye. It's not in my ear. But it's a secret. God had revealed. Prayer reveals secrets. If you have not prayed till you get a secret, you hadn't prayed yet. You gotta pray till the secrets of God come. Till the intimate things of God show up in your life. Until things that you could not do become things you could do. Things you could not be become things you are. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. 
Glory to God. He said, I had not seen, ear had not heard, neither has it entered in the heart of a man. The things that God has prepared for those that love him. When you're in a stretch, when you're in a situation, God has some things stored up. He's got friends relied upon. He's got issues and ch- he's got some way. I want you to yell it out. God has some way. You might not know what the way is. But God has a way. God has a solution. God has an answer. God knows how to provide. Not enough shouting. There's just not enough. I don't mean to criticize you. But some of you in this room, you've got things staring you in the face right now. You've got things you know you can't handle. You know, God don't want you to have things you can't handle. He don't want to put things on you you can't take care of. God don't want you being limp and limb. God said he's the apple. You're the apple of his eye. God wants to pick you up and put you at the top of the mountain, not at the bottom of the mountain. I know you might be struggling. I know. I know it. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'll take that. Amen. Whoa. Sometimes we Christians are a bunch of phonies. We walk around telling everybody we got no problems. And we're walking around like we always walking on roses. And our yard is filled with gold. And we don't have no bank issues. And we got no loans to pay. And we got no struggle with our finances. Oh, the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. I got news for you. I've served God my whole life. And I found out many are the afflictions of the righteous. You need to stop sitting there like you got no problem. Stop sitting there like there ain't no issue with you. Like there ain't no challenge. Some of you that are back there saying, I don't want nobody to know. Oh, I don't want nobody to know what I'm going through. God already knows what you're going through. You ain't hidden nothing from God. God knows what you're trying. God knows what the problems are. God's seen your life. He's looked into your home. He knows your kids. He knows. shaking him up because you got a problem you're not making him nervous because your home's got some issues you're not going to scare him off because you got something in your face I just like the better part of the verse yeah you might have some afflictions yeah you might have some trouble yeah there might be some testing of your faith but the Lord shall deliver him moment. I'm shout out God, deliver me. God, set me free. God, find my answer. God, come through for me. God. There ought to be some more shouting in here. There ought to be some more praising in here. Every day thank you. Every day praise him for another day. Every day give him glory. Every day shout. You can praise him better than this. You can get out of your dilemma. You can get out of your challenge. You can overcome the next thing. And the next thing. And the next thing. And the next thing. And the next thing. thing. No weapon. No weapon formed against me. I tell you 
you now, devil. I don't care how you come. I don't care what you do. God said, greater is he that is in me. Secret things. Go ahead, just pick it up a minute. Go ahead, pray with me for a second. Don't be afraid. We're not no dead religious church. We're not no stick in the wall. Just come for a service. I'm not here for your entertainment. I've come here because God needs to come in this house. He needs to show up in your life. He needs to be with you, in you, upon you, always helping you. You need God this morning. You don't just need church. You need a church filled with God. You don't just need an experience, another song, another hymn. You need something with God in the middle of it. you got to have God sung out of the microphone. Oh, God. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord church isn't just an exercise we go through isn't in two hours and then we're gone there's supposed to be an experience I came here today God so that I could have an experience with heaven so that I could have a turnaround from heaven God so that when I leave something different something's happened I can't just be religious I can't be anti-religious I know what it means to serve God I know what it means to have God I gotta have God gotta have God I've tried both I tried to fill it up out here but I already know there's something over here I tried this over here but I already know there's something over here I tried to experience it over here but I found out there's already something over here when you know God without him is an empty place there's a fullness to know God When you turn to God, there's a fullness when you know God. It is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Sit down, sit down, sit down. I think we missed that. I I don't mean, I, I, I can't go too long. I know, I know, I know. But when you look how God blesses you and you start seeing how God pours into your life and things you couldn't have done, things you shouldn't have done, everybody said you would be a failure. I don't know if you can make it. I don't know if you can make it. How many of you had somebody look at you and say, I'm just not sure that's for you. And God came in. And he breathed on you. And you felt the wind of the Spirit. 
That's because he's so good. That he wants to lead you. To him. The way of the transgressor is hard. See you hang in there long enough on the other side. And when it looked like it was alright. Will turn out not to be alright. Because you'll exceed the goodness of God. No no. It's the goodness. If he's been good to you. Because he loves you. Lift your hands and thank him would you. Ooh, he's in this room. Oh, Ramanda la There's some breakthroughs right now. If you've been living wrong, now's your moment. You don't have to run to the altar right where you're sitting and say, God, I hear this word. I hear what he's saying. I receive you now. Jesus, you said you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. Right now, Lord, I turn to you. Right now, Lord, I know that I've got mistakes. I know I got error. But God, right now, I know that you're speaking to me. I've been brought into a place where the Holy Ghost can speak. And I know you're talking. And I'm going to listen. After I got off the phone with that guy, it wasn't a day, maybe two days later. My wife and I went to Columbia to go see my mom and dad who were living there in Columbia at the time. It was late at night. We were coming home maybe, I don't know, it was after midnight. I'm going to say 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. It was late. And as we were driving down the road, I haven't been able to find a building. The buildings wouldn't open up. Nothing would come our way. The ones we had rented, there was no secrets there. But when I got a hold of God and heard that voice... And that spirit of God came on me and I heard the voice of God in prayer. And I prayed till I got my answer. See, if you don't know, you don't go. So thank God I hadn't gone yet, you know. And so I'm still waiting on the Lord and I'm just waiting on the Lord. And as I'm driving back, it must have been one or two o'clock in the morning, snowy night. I come down Palmetto Street. And as I come down Palmetto Street, all of a sudden I see a moving van, a big, huge moving van. Sitting in front of a building. And the Lord spoke to me as I drove by and said, that's a midnight move. That's a midnight move. I knew. I don't know how to tell you, but the secret of God was in it. I knew that's a secret move. That's exactly how I heard it. That's a secret move. Only God knew that man was going to move. Only God knew that place would be available. Thank God he kept me while I prayed. But he knew there was something perfect for us. Right on Palmetto Street, right in front of Toyota, was a building that used to be a car parts place. It's now a pool place and something else, but then it was a car parts place. And before that, it was a beer joint. I guess they sold beer and stuff out of there. And they had safes in the floor. Not well, long story short is this. The next morning, I got up and called a real estate company across the street from the building. And so I called this company up. I said, listen, I know that the building across the street from you is up for lease. And I know this, and I need you to check on that building for me today because I think I want that building, and I'd like to rent it today. The guy on the other end of the phone said, how would that, there's, that building's been there for, there's no way that man's moving. And he argued with me, I said, there's no way, it's not possible that he's moving out of that building. That building, he's been in that building, that building, he's been blah, blah, and he just went on and on. I said, listen, I have a secret. 
He said, how do you know? I said, somebody revealed it to me. He called me back two hours later or an hour later. And he said, I'm serious. How did you know they were moving out of there? Because the Lord revealed a secret. If you're not praying and you're not spending time with God, there are things that God wants to bring you into that you could not find any other way because prayer processes the plans of God. And within, within a day, within a day or two, we had rented that building and we were able to get uh, security on it by February. We fixed the building up by February and we opened the church up March the 5th of 2000 by a secret of the Lord. I'm not just preaching good thinking here. These aren't just good thoughts. See, in a church, we don't become spiritual again. And we don't take on the spiritual qualities of church. We're going to miss out on what church is actually and what prayer is actually all about. You have tools at your exposure. Tools to reveal God's plans to you. What can we, what, what can we supplicate for? It's a, it's a, it is a request made in heart, heart, heartfelt, fervent, and earnest manners. <clears throat> if it is not that, it's not supplication. For whom can it be made? First, we pray supplication over ourselves concerning natural and spiritual things. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. We can pray for ourselves. We pray for ourselves. Secondly, we pray for supplication of God over God's people. We pray for other believers. Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray for all the saints. So we can pray over other believers. What else? Third, we can pray supplication over men who are in authority. That would include unbelievers and believers. First Timothy 2, 1 and 2 says, Exhort therefore, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving to be made for all men, for kings, and for all those in authority that they may be, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For what else can it be made? For laborers to go in the harvest. Laborers to our family and friends. Supplication made for God's spirit to be poured out on the earth. Zechariah 10.1 says, Ask the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, and he'll make clouds come over us to give rain on everybody's grass. Characteristics of supplication are this. Fervent, earnest, heartfelt, continued. Prayer that make tremendous power available. We also offer prayer and supplication to obtain forgiveness, repenting and confessing our sins that are done by means of prayer and supplication. And finally, we pray the prayer of supplication to lift up spiritual needs of others. The word prayer or pray literally means supplication or earnest prayer. Colossians 1.9 says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to give thanks for you, desiring that you might be filled with the knowledge of all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In this kind of prayer, prayer, prayer that Paul prayed, he was praying that they would have their eyes open to see. So we are to pray out requests earnestly and heartfelt and, 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 and from our spirit that are about others, ourselves, spiritual conditions, all those things. So God says we are to ask him. You're to come to him and ask him. Supplication is an earnest prayer. It's white hot prayer. And it boils with passion and desire. It's extremely important that you understand that what, what this is. Now I want to finish with one last thought. As I decided to do the uh, devotions at night with my kids. It's been amazing. My, my kids are asking me about devotions, when we're going to do devotions. My daughter's always wanting to be the first one to read. And she can read. That girl can read. I'm serious. Uh, but we started this, you know, back when I talked to you about it. 
And we get up every night, just sometime during the night. We just cut the TV down. It doesn't take long. We're not taking a long time. And I want to encourage you moms, dads, families. During the month of October, why don't you try it with me? Why, why don't you try it with me? Why don't you turn the TV down? Pull all the family in for a minute. If it's just you and your wife, pull your wife in and say, let's just do a little devotional. We're only reading one chapter a night, just one chapter a night. And then we pray for a few minutes. Not long. We're not praying in tongues and going over. I mean, if the Lord leaves with that, I'm certain we would do that. But we just pray about our needs. And it's been fun. We laugh and pray and talk. It's family time. The best family time we could have. I know you may not do it forever and you may come back to it and go away from it and come back to it and go away from it. But try it. Pull your family aside. Decide to do it. Make up your mind. I'm encouraging you. I'm, I'm begging you to do this. Don't get all spiritual about it. Don't be condemning and all that stuff. Just do your thing. You know, if, if the prayer is just, I love the Lord. I mean, brother, my Brian prays basically every night. He prays one part of his prayer exactly the same every night. The kids make fun of him for it. And everybody gets, you know, we don't have to judge that. Let him pray. <laughs> Let him pray. In our devotion, I came across a scripture that has done nothing but prick me. I can't get it out of my mind. I can't get it out of my heart. And it's there. And I want to I go over it with you real quick. We're almost done. Mark 6. Turn to Mark 6.35. I'm going to read. I want you to remember back when God made the earth and put man on it. When God made the earth and he put man on the earth, he gave him dominion and authority. He was totally in charge. It was man's sin that divulged any of that or changed any of that. But man was put in charge here on the planet, naming animals, eating foods, doing all those kinds of things. God gave him dominion and authority. In other words, God fully provided for man. His intention wasn't that man would have to work by the work of his hands. His intention was is that you just live on the planet, enjoy the planet, have dominion over the planet, and everything you need, I've provided. Total health, total everything was given to man on the planet. It was man that, that devised the division, not God. And so here in Mark, we get this passage that says, And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him. Verse 35, 635. His disciples came unto him and said, This desert place, and now the time is far spent. Send them away, that they may go into the country roundabout and into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for there was nothing to eat. And he answered and said to them, Give them to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? Now he told them, Give them to eat. Now I want you to think about how God talks. And when they knew this, they, they, they went out and they found five and five, they, uh, they said five and two fishes, loaves and fishes. He commanded them to make all of the people sit down in companies upon the green grass. They sat down and by hundreds and fifties, and then they had taken the five loaves and two fishes. He looked up to heaven, blessed it, broke it, and started giving it out to the disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided among all of them. They did eat and were filled. They took up 12 baskets full of the fragments of the fish. And they ate the loaves that were of about 5,000 men and straightway and constrained the people to get inside the ship and go to the other side before, uh, before unto Bethsaida said he under, uh, sent the people away. And when he had sent them away, he departed into the mountain to pray. And when he was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing for the wind that was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came out walking upon the seas and would have passed them by. 
But when they saw him walking upon the seas, they supposed that it had been a spirit and cried out, for they saw him and were troubled. And immediately they talked with themselves and said, Be of good cheer, it's I, be not afraid. And he went up with them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were all amazed and with themselves beyond measure and wondered. Verse 52, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And when they had passed over, they came to the land of Genezareth and drew shore. And there they were the ships straightway that he knew them and ran through the regions about and began to carry about the beds, those that were sick and heard and went, service, and went on and say this. But I want you to catch verse 52. For they considered not the loaves. Because their heart was hard. When it came time for them to have a provision in spiritual ways... They missed the point that the feeding was a testament of who God was in front of them. The same God that had provided for them in Genesis was standing in front of them in front of 5,000 people. And the same thing he had done in Genesis, he provided for them again in this verse. He showed them that no need that you have is something that I am incapable of providing for. That God is 100% able to provide every single need that you have. On both sides of the shore, while on the sea, they missed the point that he fed them and provided for them that he always provides. It was only when they became fearful and he walked out that they could see, oh, wait a minute, he's God. He's still God whether you're in a mess or not. He's God at every moment that you eat a loaf of bread. He has provided in some measure every time you're in need. It's not when you're in trouble that you find out who he is. Because he's always the same. He never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you come and you pray... You're not talking to somebody that only answers when you have a need. Oh, I'm preaching real good right now. Some of us have only found prayer in the center of our dilemma. When the ship is being tossed and when the storm comes, we find a place to find out, Oh God, is that you? The problem is, is why you have no problems, he's the same one who shows up there too. And what you need can be provided when there are no challenges, when there are no storm waves, when there are no issues. He's the same every single day. And when we pray, we're to believe him like the storm in that moment when there is no storm. We're to pray fervently when there are no problems. We're to pray fervently and aggressively and heartfelt. He said the fervent, effectual prayers of righteous men and women avail much. You ought to pray till there is no storm. Jesus wasn't concerned about the storm. The Bible says he walked over what would sink most people. He stood on what most people would fall under. He stood on top of whatever. <laughs> when you're praying, the Bible says Jesus went and he prayed. Do you think when he walked on the water, he didn't already know the secret? He knew the secret. 
it wasn't because he was God. Because if it was just because he was God that he walked on the water, Peter could not have walked. It was because of the Holy Ghost. It was because of prayer. It was because he time spent, spent time with God. We need to consider the loaves and not have hardness of our hearts. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and give him praise.